I mean, it, it was different than last year, obviously. I think that was an anomaly, and I don't anticipate that ever happening again in this league. I hope it doesn't. We, when you have four franchise quarterbacks not signed going into free agency day, that creates what happened last year. Uh, happy with the day. You know, we feel we got a lot of good quality substance signings done. Maybe not the splash that people eagerly anticipate in free agency, but it was very productive. And uh, we're happy. You know, I always say this after the draft, too. I don't know if you're going to ever ask a general manager on free agency day, how'd you do? And he says, oh, <laughs> not happy with the guys we got. Yeah. Everybody's tied for first place, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the negotiation week, uh, which was from uh, Super Bowl Sunday to the next Sunday, uh, how did it go? How did you treat it? And did it work as planned? I liked it. I liked it for the reasons that I mentioned during the, the presser is it allowed players to speak with coaches so they could really talk scheme and hey where would I fit with what you do vice versa so I think it was really productive on that front and uh, it was it was beneficial to speak to agents to get a feel for where do you think the market is for your player and you know the type of money we may present for that as for the offers and everything my understanding is there was minimal actually submitted to the league office we didn't submit any Uh, we felt you know we good with what we discussed with the agents and that would come through if it came to that it appears, anyway, that quantity is a little quicker today, more than last year, I think. Uh, there seem to be more guys signing today on day one. That's probably because of the week, you think, because they got a chance to talk earlier? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think they had a, a good understanding of where they were going to go before today hit, so uh, that would be my guess. Dave, are you back in the game? Hi. Hey, there he is. Welcome. Good to see you, Brock. <laughs> uh, when we talk about – I want to go back to 365 days ago when mm-hmm. you didn't know what the cap was going to be, and it was such an amazing day. But, you know, you, you signed a lot of guys to a lot of money, and then now you know what the cap is going to be. It goes up 50 grand. But then you got minimum salaries going up 11. How much of a course correction – we know it's a course correction, but how severe was it for you, and and what what does it mean? Like, what is all this – you know, with, with minimum salary going mm-hmm. up, salary cap going up minimally, like, how does that affect you? It's very challenging. Ours, we just did the breakdown this morning, on our projected roster as of right now, obviously that can change. With the league minimum going up $11,000, that immediately added $136,000 to our salary cap. Mm-hmm. And when the cap only goes up 50000 if you do the math, I believe that's $86,000, we're immediately net in the hole. So it makes decisions, which we had to do is we can have DeVars Daniels or we can have Greg Elliamson, but we can't have both. So right. we chose Greg. Tough decisions, but ones that you have to make. So that's the implication that that had for us and widespread across the league. I think everybody's going through that. And I think what it's doing is it's the middle players that are in that 95 to 125 range. I think there's a lot of them sitting out there right now because of this, where your top, top tier players, obviously they're going to get signed. They're going to get the market value. And your rookie guys or your 75 to 95,000 type players have that window. The rest of them, I think that's what the lull is right now. And the number that you're talking about, I mean, one of 36 and you had, what, what was it, eight, over 80? I mean, that's, that's one good American starter or a good Canadian starter or two or three quality American players. That's that's tough. It's significant. It really it doesn't sound big in the grand scheme of things, but when you're talking with players and where you can distribute the funds, it, it, it adds up very quickly. Let's talk about a couple of the key signings you made today. Uh, defensive back Jonathan Mincy, a guy who hasn't played a lot of football in the last year or so because he's been on uh, the Bears practice roster, I believe. Played a game last year for Toronto when he returned from the NFL. Tell me about uh, him. We like him. We, we envision him being our boundary corner. Tough, physical, he, good cover skills, can do all those things. 
things, and the biggest thing is his aggressiveness as a defensive back. And obviously, there's a connection to Noel Thorpe, so he knows the system, and that should help with the the transition. I talked to him today, and he's pretty excited to get back to that cornerback position because I think he was a safety, or working out at safety in the NFL, and he seemed that seemed to be really a target for him to be playing corner again. Yeah, I think I think that's his natural fit. Um, I can see why he played safety in the NFL because he is tough, as I mentioned. When he comes up, he'll smack you. So I think it made sense down there just as much as it makes sense for him to go back to corner up here. Justin Tuggle, linebacker. Big, athletic, ferocious, can put his hand in the ground and come off the ball and be a pass rusher. Did that in Toronto in 17. Uh, 6'3", 247, I believe, off the top of my head. But he has feet, hips, and everything to, to drop into coverage and do it effectively. Heavy hands when he strikes at the point of attack. Blitzes extremely well. So... You know, we're excited. We think that he's going to be a very good middle linebacker for us. And you already know he can fill Larry Dean's shoes, right? Because he did it last year in Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> ironic how that how that worked out. Uh, he's got he's got it in the bloodlines too. Uh, I know uh, you're a guy who's got scouting in the mm-hmm. bloodlines and player personality. His dad was one of the most ferocious tackers in NFL history. Jesse Togo. When I called Justin today, I, it was hard for me not to call him Jesse. I had to yeah. catch myself, so I'm sure he gets that all the time. But, yeah, he's he's got the pedigree. He's extremely athletic, and, again, he's very versatile. And I think one thing that is appealing to us is that when he lines up, you can put him all sorts of different areas, similar to Mike Moore. You can line them up in different spots, and that can really mess with an offense. Now, speaking of bloodlines, I know you don't make signings for the good stories, but you made another signing that has bloodlines connected to it, not just with football, but with the Edmonton Eskimos. You signed Tracy Ham's son, Caleb Ham, to a contract, a defensive back. He uh, played some time in Toronto last year. Tell me about him and, and what his upside possibly is. Yeah, big corner that's athletic that I think can play both corner spots and both uh, uh, halfback spots could probably play safety if we ever changed the ratio there and needed it. Liked him coming out last year. Spoke with Tracy. Tracy and I go back to when I was in Montreal. He'd come out and visit Jim Pop all the time. So Tracy and I have known each other for quite a while. And he called me last year about Caleb. We're close to signing him last year, and he ended up going to Toronto. Obviously, played some games. You know, scouts and myself took a look at him. We liked him, so he's going to have an opportunity to come in here and compete. Seemed like linebacker flexibility was a priority for you as well. And you mentioned that Javon Santos Knox may not start the season, which is too bad. Because, mm-hmm. man, when we saw him last year, when he finally played the last, well, I say five games, including playoffs, we, we saw the glimpses of how good he, this player is. Um, but signing Corey Jones back, obviously, Tuggle is, is here as the middle linebacker. You know what Vontae Diggs can do. You got some others like Jonathan Walton. How much is that linebacker flexibility important to uh, what you did today? I, we have a lot of depth there, and I think that's a good thing and, and to what you hit on is Vontae Diggs and Brian Walker were two-thirds of a defense that led the league for about six weeks of the year last year so yeah. we already had guys that we know can do it Javon as we you'd mentioned when he's healthy I said this last year if Javon didn't have the injury he wouldn't be in this league he's an NFL player he's a difference maker even when he's practicing he jumps out and we expect Tuggle to do that we're anxious for Javon to get back he's a hard worker I hope he is back and ready we had to do our due diligence and protect ourselves if he isn't and Corey Jones we all know what he can do as I mentioned earlier is you don't have to build a roster simply just from players that have already played in the CFL. We have a lot of young guys that we like a lot at linebacker coming in, some rookies that are true rookies that we have high hopes for as well. So we have a lot of depth there in our opinion right now. When we switch to the offense, when you look at your receiving core, and there's one comment that Scott Milanovic, he's mentioned it about 
two or three times is that we got to find a way to stretch the field and it's too hard in this league to go you know 10 play 10 12 play drives to score here we got to try and flip the field with some explosive plays um are you in the market for anyone are you happy with what you have with your internal options where, where do you see the receiving for right now? we feel good at wide receiver i think uh the guy that jumps out to me right away tavon smith ran 438 coming out he can fly and uh he's a guy that can take the top off greg gets open deep a lot we saw what ricky collins can do kevin elliott you guys were at practice all the time last year i think you noticed number 18 out there all the time so yeah. with how loaded we were at wide receiver he couldn't get on the field all the time, but when he did, he was productive. So we have high hopes for Kevin. Josh Stangby, again, you guys were at practice. saw what he did when he was healthy. Uh, we have some other veterans out there that have played. Um, Kenny Shaw had 1,000 yards. He's coming back. And then, again, as I mentioned about linebacker and DB, we have some young rookies coming in that are 4-3 type guys that we think can take the top off, stretch the field, and be big-time playmakers. So they got to prove they can do it to what we see. But... We expect big, big things from them. One of your first draft picks as Eskimo GM was uh, J.S. Uh, you liked him then, and you still like him, obviously, because you went out and got him again today after losing him last year to BC. Yeah, you know, conversations with uh, J.S.'s agent last week during the, the legal tampering window, and, you know, he had expressed an interest to come back, and, and obviously want, we wanted him to come back, so it worked out well. Uh, one other thing, I know you don't want to negotiate in the media, and uh, I don't blame you for that, but i got to ask you about Calvin McCarty. Uh, 13 years with the Eskimos, mm-hmm. uh, first time he's ever gone to free agency. Can you give us any idea of where you're at with Calvin? We've offered Calvin multiple deals. I'll, I'll leave it at that. As you mentioned, I'm not going to get into contract discussions, never have, never will. And we want Calvin here. We like Calvin. We want him to be a part of this. The door is open. It has been from day one. Part of getting to an agreement is both sides have to be happy with that amount. And uh, right now, we're just not at that point. So hopefully that changes. Door's not closed, though. Not on our end, no. Yeah. All right, what's uh, what's next? There, there's still some guys out there, some big names. I know you might have spent all your money. I'm not sure. But uh, there's still some, some pretty big names out there. Uh, there's always guys who get signed day two, day three, or a week later or a month mm-hmm. later who, who are impact players. Yeah, we're going to, like I said, we're going to let the market settle a little bit, give it some time, and then there might be some players out there that are current free agents that we have a high interest in that will sign. Uh, other than that, we're going to start getting ready for the CFL draft, the new global draft. We're going to have some U.S. camp free agent camp workouts down in the U.S. We're going to start organizing those and uh, start beating the bushes down in the U.S. again for more of these, these young true rookie free agents that we want to sign.